So what, what do you guys want to talk about beforehand? You want to talk about the uh, church discipline thing that I've been putting up? Why have I been putting up so much stuff on ecclesiology or just kind of practical church matters? I don't know. I, I just wanted to start the pot. And for some reason, ecclesiology gets people going more than, have you noticed this, Carrie? I mean, more than yes. anything else. And I think oh, yeah. I think the women in ministry is part of it, and that's why. But, you know, stuff like this with this uh, church discipline. This, you can't speak to that. You can, you can share to that. Can you share? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on my heart. I didn't ask you to teach. <laughs> we can we can share to that. Uh, but church discipline, that is that is a that is not just a, a fiery hot topic. It's something that I genuinely don't really know. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, like what? Like what? What constitutes? Well, a lot, a lot of these things, you know, I, I throw things out there, and I, I know what I believe, and I just kind of want to get. I, I want to, you know, just look at what other people think, and I'm pretty settled. But there, I'm not. Like, I don't know how to do church discipline, and I don't know what church discipline, what things to discipline. In all my years of going to church, I have never seen someone disciplined. In the church, I have seen people disciplined because I've been I mean, disciplined like, so many times. No, I mean like formally, like <laughs> right in front of. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, kind of the last step. Yeah. The excommunication. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that either. I mean, maybe maybe it's just supposed to be so rare that uh, I I don't know. You know, I mean, people refer to Matthew chapter eighteen, which I think is something different than Paul was doing in, uh, to the Corinthians because Matthew chapter 18 has more to do with interpersonal relationship and first uh, Corinthians 13 is even harder. I think, I think Matthew 18 is easier because it has to start with somebody who has been offended. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they go through the process and then, you know, they, they may be able to bring it up all the way to the levels of the church and say, look, this guy, you know, he, he, um, uh, was mean to me the other day, you know, I mean, something mm -hmm. even as small as that, or this guy, you know, stole something from me. But whenever it comes to that stuff that Paul was talking about, why haven't you disciplined this guy that is sleeping with his, uh, with his father's wife? It, uh, you know, it's like, how does that get brought up? How do those types of things get brought up? Who's, who's, who is the offended party? Well, you'd say the church is the offended party. But who's the church? Who's the representative in the church that is supposed to be on the lookout for things that people are doing wrong, for people who are sinning, for people who are, oh, you know, besides the fact of we don't know which sins are worthy of this. Paul never tells us. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no sense in which we have. Well, I think there's a, a kind of like the elders. I think you can it's you can infer from the text. There's. It's an implicit argument. So you think one of the jobs of the elders is to look into the congregation and see who, I guess, just who's in well, sin. I don't think they have to, well, then if they're going to do that, that's everyone. Well, you know? I know that. That's but like, but no, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, there's accountability and that's what, I mean, in the structure that most structures that we have today, we have. Well, there's accountability for what? Though. What do you mean? Well, for like, what whatever's going on? No, no, I'm I'm saying what specific sins. Oh, I don't know. 
I mean, that's, I mean, goodness. Because I mean, Paul gives it, a list all the way the from. the big ones? Or is it the. I don't know. know. I mean, who determines what are the big ones and the little ones in the, in the context that they are? You know, I mean, you've got everything from adultery down to pornography or just lustful thoughts. I, mean, I don't know. Or, or what about road rage? You know, I mean, like. I mean, you may. You, parking lot. Here's the best that I've got. Yeah. Is that it, whatever the sin is, is it's a public disgrace it's not the severity of the sin it can be somebody going down like you said road rage and flipping people off all day long that's now that sin. may not be anything that's necessarily <laughs> what that may not what? be anything that is is objectively evil right well but it is giving the church a bad name because here is elder john out there on the street corner <laughs> flipping people off and so then you bring him in for discipline not because the sin is so bad but because he is bringing shame to the church but the shame then becomes determined by the culture and that's where i get i have problems so oh, because then it's subjective it is it no it's not only subjective it's subjective to what the culture where you're bringing offense well, that's what I'm to the outside world a subjective basis it's a hard one of implementing that's what we ought to do is we ought to get you know well i mean we ought to get a couple like, of guests on here and talk about it uh with them you know who would you recommend pastors yeah i mean somebody i don't, I don't know some of our scholar friends that are on facebook and i mean uh, could you i mean this uh, this kind of would boil down to ethics wouldn't it good i mean technically I mean, and then because I just thought of like situational ethics. Do you see what I'm saying? Since you talked about it being subjective. Yeah. Okay. So, well, has, but, have, I, have but, we been on long enough? Yeah, I think so. But listen, Michael, there's always, even with situational ethics, there's always an underlying principle that is ultimately being violated. And so I think if you get like with Elder John or Congregant Barbara is flipping someone off, there's a principle that's being violated and they're failing to recognize. Well, sure. I guess the principle, though, this, but the, the principle of this is the offense itself. I mean, it's just offensive. That's the principle. Don't be offensive. It's not no, don't flip, don't flip no, people off. No, it's don't, don't be offensive. No, I think no. I think what's the fundamental principle that's being violated when you're flipping someone off is that you're failing to recognize their dignity and worth. As okay, let's say they're not flipping somebody off. Let's say they're flipping the clouds off, but they're still people are perceiving it in a negative way. You well, see what I'm that, saying? That that there, yeah, <clears throat> that's subjective. I mean, because you can't take someone to task for dropping an f bomb if they're not doing it in a way that I would say, here you go. Like it's situational. I mean, or it's contextual. Like if you're using bad language, I mean, you could be violating about not allow, you know, don't, what is it? Let no coarse language or, or, or don't use coarse language or crude joking. Right. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. Don't you, don't be uh coarse in your language and, do you know what I mean? Coarse jesting, yeah, that's a King James version of it. But it says even it's a coarse language, though. I don't know of any place coarse language, but okay. just coarse jesting. Well, then never mind. So coarse jesting. Well, I mean, either way. I mean, here, here you are. You're flipping off the clouds, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know why you're flipping off the clouds. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that that's there is any fundamental principle that's being violated there. There's and no fundamental principle except for whenever people drive by and they see it, they say, oh, my gosh, he's doing one of the worst things you can do. Well, just like and crazy. I'm offended. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're violating the principle of don't act crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, you see my point? 
it, yeah. it becomes something to where you can have this discipline if you're offending the culture. And so whatever the culture gets offended by. And for, for example, I, I know some people that would, would that are outside the church get offended by you cursing, right? Yes. And so maybe it's, it's you're making a shame of yourself to those who are outside, right? You mean unbelievers? Yeah, unbelievers. Okay. Because you, you talk about um, being above reproach. Um, and Paul does talk about being above reproach to the outside world. And then he also talks about being above reproach to the church with the uh, elders. Well, anyway, we can talk about this some other time. We're still, we've gone long enough. No, we can keep going. Well, if we keep going, then this turns into a theology unplugged well, session. Ephesians 5, 4, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or creed joking. So, anyway. Ephesians 5, 4. I think so. I just found it. Did you just look it up in the King James? No. Hold on. Look it up in a modern translation. Because I don't know about that. That was NIV. You don't get more modern than that. Yeah. Nor should the NIV is the, 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 um. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor creed joke. Okay, that's better. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what is. What would filthiness be? <laughs> I don't know what it would be. Now we're going off on a tangent. We're off way off a tangent. What I'm getting, no, but what I'm getting at is. What are the fundamental principles that are being violated? Whenever do you, that's what I'm getting at. Well, if you can find a principle, if you can find a principle that it's being violated, do you say that it is worthy of um, of bringing somebody in for church discipline? Up, Prim. I don't know if you're still on. No, I'm I'm on on this one over here. Okay. But 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 think about it. Everybody can be brought in for sins, right? Yes. And then which sins are worthy of being brought in for because because you well, may say you may that. say it's it's the principle of unrepentance unrepentant sin okay and so then you would say okay do we need to find the unrepentant sin all of them within the church with every member and bring well, them in it. or that's do we like what do you got torquemada going down? I, I don't know yeah uh, that's what i'm saying well so who's responsible for it well, that's why, I don't know. I mean, that does get into ecclesiology, and that's why I think, like, with, like, larger churches, I mean, you're, you're, it's more of a challenge unless you have, like, the smaller groups and, do you know what I mean? Like, kind of like the evangelical model really comes in handy there, or the Baptist model comes in handy there with your small groups and your Sunday schools and what's going on. It does, but at the same time, I mean, that just, that just brings up, okay, so, you're in a small group and you're sharing and you say, I'm having a problem with, or you, you say Mary Jo's over there and she is uh, like, like I brought up, I said, okay. Um, you could bring up pride, right? Okay. But how do you quantify pride? Uh, it's, it's like kind of trying to quantify somebody who is passive aggressive. You know what I mean? It's a it's a hard state for somebody to oh, live in. You'd rather be aggressive because you can come in and quantify somebody who's aggressive because you maybe have a, you have a black eye, right? Yeah. And so if that person has a black eye, or this girl has a black eye, then you can say, okay, this is this person is violent. But then you can say, okay, how do you quantify something like? Uh, 
the uh, emotional abuse or the passive aggressiveness of someone that is causing internal damage to someone. You can't, right? So what it is is you've got this e external evidence that you bring and you say, maybe we are just in the church to m make sure we're always we're always bringing those sins to to task that are that are evident right yeah the other ones we try to bring them to task but they're not quite so evident but are we supposed to bring all sins i mean it's just that's what it comes down to i mean the list i brought up i brought up you know from pride i, I brought up all the way from physical abuse all the way down to mental abuse i brought you know the, the from uh from uh disobedience to parents or to uh, neglect of your elderly parents, you know, I mean, breaking of the Ten Commandments. Um, I brought up uh, gluttony, you know, gluttony with being overweight, gluttony without being overweight. You know, I, it, it just goes on and on. And it's like, when when do you decide that something is worth church discipline? I think that's the reason why it's so hard. And you said most churches you've never seen do it. Most churches don't do it, Right. Because because of these problems, and and I asked the question out on Facebook, if you saw it, I said, can I you have a true it. church without church discipline? And almost everybody said no. Almost everybody said no, you cannot have a true church well, without. What, and what I'm like, okay, what do they do? In the comments, if, if people are still listening. I don't think anybody's listening. I don't, think, I don't know if anybody's in the room. It looks like there's six. Anybody? They're just hanging out. Okay. Well, that's nice. Um, Let me see. I don't know. And, and you can bring up, oh, that's why many of the people said, that's why I'm Catholic, or that's why I am Baptist, or that's why I am Anglican, because you have this process that you go through. Yeah. And you don't, you do not. You just have all the same problems. I mean, number one, you may be able to write out a list of the sins, right? Uh -huh. Here's the sins that we discipline. And, I, and I'll take that list. And I, I mean, whatever list you bring up, I'll take it to task for sure, right? You may bring up circumstances. It is offensive to the culture, and it's evident to the culture. Or you may bring up uh, both of these and have an answer, but then I, I come back and I say, okay, who's the guide? Who's the, who's the one who's out looking for these things? Do you, do you task your congregation? Do you task your congregation and say, it's your responsibility to look to wrap people up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you can't put that on someone. Well, they, they ain't getting invited to the potlucks. No, <laughs> they ain't getting invited anywhere. That ain't going to happen. Who's, who's the rat? Who's the snitch? Um, be like, they have to be like Serpico and just dress up. Yeah. Go undercover. All right. Let's what Stephen says. I bet most people who could be brought up on charges in a congregation would first just go to the next congregation before the trial. They might. They might. Uh, but I do have a solution for that. I understand one of our people said, I mean, I understand the problem. And this is one of the problems. Uh, I think there's five major problems. But one of them is, and we've mentioned four of them so far. And this one has to do with, well, they'll just go to the next church, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think that that should be an issue considering this, considering the people that you are lovingly disciplining, love or 
leveling yeah. trying to bring back to the faith, however you want to put it, right? Mm -hmm. um, they should be involved enough in your church to where they don't want to. They, it's not like, oh, no problem, I'll go to the church down the street. It's it's that you're losing, you're, you're having to leave your friends, you're having to leave your fellowship, you're having to leave your how you're serving, you're having to leave where you've been going for a long time, your your commitments and everything else. And that's hard. And you would you would rather say, well, these are people I trust. These are people I respect. And if they say there's something wrong, then I think I need to listen to them. I think it would be the the only the lightest of a tender who who would say, oh, no problem. I'll go down. The, I'll go to the church down the street. Now, ultimately, people would. And ultimately, you could even do that in the early church. So you act like you couldn't do it even in Paul's day, but you could. I mean, there were churches all over the place. I mean, that were it's not as if Paul visited every single little house church or they were all under, you know, control. I mean, even Paul's church, the Corinthian church that he had to keep on writing to was completely out of control, you know? So it would happen in that day as well. It's not as if it was solved then just because it was quote unquote, one true church. Oh, that's okay. Um, Look. Oh, we got a caller. Okay. Let's see here. Um, he has the answer to the question, and he's going to answer it here. Credo House. Y yes, this is Credo House. No, I would not, not like to buy insurance. <laughs> he did not have the answer. It was the answer for... Um, getting a good deal on insurance but not an answer i like on. the extended warranties one sometimes i wait for them and then they answer the phone so excited i'm like yeah i'd like to insure. no i know i'd know. I I like to insure my rickshaw oh wait a minute maybe it was <laughs> credo house hello it's the same thing every time okay it's it's my kids. It's gonna be something for my kids. They're tricking me. Well, should we do um, maybe the Augustine thing next week since we've kind of yeah. run the gamut here? I mean, we do have Augustine, and we do have my teaching on Augustine that can go up on theology unplugged right now. Yeah, I I, I want to do something with that. That would I can get the audio anymore. up, no problem. Yeah, I really want to work on that to get. Um, well, we keep on taking stabs at this, um, folks. Thanks for See, listening in on to, what we uh, talked about does on, anybody on uh, church discipline. Does anybody, anybody have any questions? Maybe that can spur us on here. Well, this Chad said perhaps you said this earlier in the conversation, oh. but would you say that church discipline necessitates prior church membership? Well, yeah, in a way, maybe. I mean, I don't think church membership solves that much. Here's what happened whenever I was at Stonebriar and we first started the church. And we went through the whole idea of whether or not to have um, uh, church uh, membership. And we ended up saying yes, but it was not because, and we discussed this extensively. I mean, just uh, at elders meetings and uh, all over the place that we were trying to pull in, you know, as much as we could about this and rethink it as if we were uh, trying to understand it uh, and do it not because other churches have done it, but because we wanted to do it the best way we could. And we ended up doing it not because we wanted 
to discipline somebody, but because if we did discipline somebody and we ended up kicking kicking them out, kick them out of the church, then um, if we had membership to where they signed something, they could not come back and sue us, and that's a very real thing. And so, church discipline is often motivated by something like that today. The litigious culture, yeah. Um, but um, otherwise, church membership, all it really does is. I mean, if, if you're relying upon church membership to have discipline effective, I think you're really going to misunderstand what discipline's about. Not that I understand everything that it's about, but I think you're going to, we, we can end up taking it the wrong way because um, you're like, well, you have to do this because you signed this statement or because you're a part of, the, or you're a member of this church or because we're going to kick you, revoke your membership as if that's a threat. The revoking, ha the, the threat has to come because you're going to be out of step and out of fellowship with, with this believer whom either you've offended or this congregation whom you've offended. And that should be the motivating factor, not something about membership. I don't think membership is, is the issue. However, I do understand church membership and I have nothing against it as long as, as long as you're, you're not, you're not doing it. Uh, number one, you're not doing it and acting as if you have to have church membership. I know some organizations out there that just, I mean, church membership is the, is the top ecclesiastical issue. And if you don't have church membership, you are absolutely not a true church that, that once I see that in a church, I'm like, okay, you've got it all wrong. And then number two is if that is going to be that effective in bringing about church discipline or helping on church discipline along. At least that's my own, that's my own thoughts on it. It's, is church discipline necessary for a church to function the way it's supposed to? I don't know. I mean, that's that's the question we're going through right now. Um, we're trying to figure that out. I think, Michael, I think it is. I mean, if Scripture speaks to it, there's something to it. But, well, if it is, then, then again, again, we're, we're talking, if church discipline is necessary, in almost all the churches out there, and I, I think that this is true, are not disciplining, then almost all the churches out there but are not is, functioning. Well, then that maybe that's it. That may be true. What is discipline? What is discipline? What does it even look like at the end of the day? Is it like essentially the Bob Newhart School of Discipline? Just stop it. Yeah. Stop. I think it's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's trying to bring about the repentance of someone with the threat of ultimate excommunication or the or threat of disfellowship, like disfellowship. Being treated like a tax yeah, collector. Yeah, Have nothing to do with such a person. Don't even eat with such a person. I mean, it is pretty extreme in the in the Bible. It's not as if, okay, here here's one level of church discipline. First, you go to, you know, uh, to first say that they can't serve as an elder second say they can't serve as a deacon third say they can't teach Sunday it's not like that it's kind of like if they are not repentant ultimately kick him out of the church that's it but go through the steps well, because well, and what do you think the root of that is then if there is unrepentance they're suspect that they're not a believer. I don't know Let, let's just act is let's that, act like that was going is, on is that it though why turn them out and treat them like a tax collector don't even eat with them is it because they're essentially if they're unrepentant are they then viewed as an unbeliever? And if they're an unbeliever, then they have no place in the body. They're treated as an unbeliever. I'm not saying they're they're believed as an unbeliever, but they're treated as an unbeliever. I think there's a difference there, because to be treated as an unbeliever is a punishment. It's like uh, it's like um, uh, act as if they're just a tax collector. You know, uh, treat them as if they're one. Let them become that to you. But I don't necessarily mean think that means that. 
the discipline itself assumes that they're not a believer. It's that this is a step to get them to come back. Yeah, because it does. Yeah. I don't know. But if it is to, if it is, then I don't know. I, I just think that. I don't know. I just, I just think that it happens. Maybe discipline happens organically. Maybe it's not so formal as we like to make it out. Maybe we shouldn't even never call it discipline anymore. Am I getting too liberal? No. I mean, what, what are you going to call it? <clears throat> Chastisement? No, I mean, just, I mean, I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> you can't teach the Sunday school class anymore. You know, you, I mean, it's easy to say, how do we discipline heresy? Well, I mean, you can't teach. You can't be in any. And another thing is, what what is what is what does the church discipline mean? Because I think there's a couple of different ways of going about it. Number one, Paul does talk about. And I'm not sure where exactly it is, but he does talk about. Do not even eat with such a one. Right. Look that up. Do not yeah, even. Yeah, he. Yeah, he definitely. <laughs> that says such that. one is probably King James. I swear, I quote everything in I, King I James. Too, still, Michael. I think we're the last generation that doesn't. Thank God. <laughs> Although it's kind of eloquent. I like the King James. It's kind of eloquent. But there's the don't even eat, a, do not fellowship, do not talk to them. Don't look at them whenever they're going down the street, right? Don't wave to them. Don't shake their hands. Now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one no not to eat <laughs> and one no not to eat and one no not to eat that's king james don't even eat with such a one okay so i've, I've updated at least to the first new american standard all right how about i go to the english standard but now i'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greeters an idolater reviler drunkard or swindler not even to eat with such a one. Not even to eat with that's, that's a long list. That, that's saying that's that's treating them like a that's that's saying they're not a believer. Do you think that's what that is saying? Okay, if you're treating them like they're not a believer, then hold on a second. Let's just look. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers, idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. Yeah. But now I'm writing you to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among them. Okay, so as long as you don't call yourself Christian, we can't hang with you. But yeah. if you call yourself a Christian and do those things, then we can't hang with you. That seems to be what Paul's saying. That's tough. That's tough. And I have to say this. Let me say this, Carrie. I don't like it, so I'm gonna ignore it. No, that. No, 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 no. Let me let me give you very practical. I'm not saying that right now. That I'm encouraging anybody or anything like that. But here's what I think in the back of my mind, and what 90% of the people think. I don't like it, therefore I'm gonna ignore it. And if that's true, is that in itself not worthy of church discipline? Oh wow. I think you need to exercise some domestic discipline. Yeah, definitely. Hey, <laughs> edit this out if this goes up to Theology Unplugged. Hey, hey, Christy! Christy! 
That's super loud. Yeah, no. Chrissy! Yeah? I'm doing a broadcast. All right, someone says it's saying not to eat with it. And I am going to discipline you. It's saying not to eat with them, saying do not uh, celebrate communion, mass, Eucharist. No, it's not. It's not talking about the Lord's table. It's talking about just fellowship. Are you sure it's not talking about the Lord's table? I don't think it's. Because that was my first thought to get out of it, because that would make sense. No, it's not talking about the Lord's table. Well, why not? Because that—that's the way—that's the way. Say, uh, a Catholic would uh, deal with it. Because whenever you get disciplined, you cannot cut off from the Eucharist. You're cut off from the Eucharist. So maybe do not even eat with such one. I mean, did they? Did they have? Did they? Because you and I talk about going out to dinner, and you know. And doing things no, that are that are I, very formal. We do that all the time. Do people do that? It was that that was a way of fellowship back then too, no, right? Because Paul says, "But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, uh, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not even to eat with them." Reviler and swindler. I don't know how to do deal with that. Maybe drunkard. You know. Somebody in the church you know is going out and drinking all the time, which I know right now. Not even to eat with some. So it's saying don't not only don't associate with them, yeah. and don't don't even eat with them. Don't even sit and 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 have a cup of coffee with them. That's is what that's how I take it. I don't see any reference. I do too, but I went out of it because I do I do eat with drunkards. That are Christians that are that are proclaim the name Christ. Well, yeah. you're you're violating a biblical mandate. I know. So let's find another way to interpret it. I can't do that. Well, then I need to be disciplined, right? I don't know. I mean, do you do you consciously think about this? If somebody if somebody wanted to hang out with you and they were a swindler or something like that, I had to think about this about a very 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 close friend that claimed to be a I do brother. Remember. I do remember. And I had to struggle with that. I do remember. And I invited them over to my house. Yeah. And then another friend of mine is like, what Well, do why don't we just say this? I'm like, that's true. So I had, thankfully. But uh, let's, let's, let's think about it this way. Everybody in America proclaims the name Christ, right? But theoretically? Yeah. I mean, 80%. <sighs> yeah. And, and we know most of them aren't. Are we able to have dinner with those that we say, yeah, they say they're Christians, but I know they're not. They're drunkards, and um, I'm hoping to go evangelize them. Do you see what I'm saying? There's just so many things here, and I, I here's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to get out of anything. I want to. I want a good list. Trying to get out of it. <laughs> I, I'm not consciously are. trying to get out of it. I subconsciously just try to forget this because I don't know how to handle it. It's not real clear. I don't know. I don't think it's that convoluted. I think it is. If because someone is claiming to be a Christian, and I don't just mean like the lip service. but if Okay, so like, you're saying that's the only list right there. No, I'm saying these are general principles. Okay, then what's the list you create of, of the sins in the church that cause you not to be able to hang out and have fellowship with them? Where's the list? Where's the comprehensive list? Any kind of unrepentant sin in people's lives. I mean, I Any guess, kind? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, like if there's like uh, just if they're rebelliously unrepentant in their sin, like they're just willfully rebellious. You can't treat them like a believer. Willfully rebellious, say about um, anger, being angry all the time. Okay. And they they're not curtailing their anger. That's a problem. Well, it's a sin. That's that's something that you might find uh, debatable. Some people think sin. Some people don't. You know what? I think this could boil. What about down. what about speeding? You know, what if I start going to each person in the congregation and say, "Are you repentant about speeding?" Boom. Yeah. Is that is that necessarily an immoral thing, or is it unethical? Oh, so now you're now you're. Now you're separating. You're saying, well, the, there's the immoral and the unethical. I mean, isn't it wrong to break the law? Not necessarily. I mean, you could be hiding Jews in your attic and Nazis. At well, your I know that. I'm, I'm so just no, saying, isn't it wrong not. to break the law by speeding for no reason? No. I for no reason. Know. For no reason? Yeah. Other than habit. <laughs> Other than neglect of the speed limit. Maybe no reason. People drive too slow. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what about what if I came to you and said, what if the elders came to you and said, we need, they called you into your office and they say, you habitually speed. Would you say, I repent and I'm going to change? That's or would you say, I, I, yeah, I, I do. Say, I, it's bad, but look, I'm not going to change. The point of it is that if you're approaching people about their sin and they are receptive to it, that shows a repentant heart. And I think as a Christian... What does it mean to be receptive? To change or just... No, to, to at least be... To show some remorse. But see, that's the thing. Would I you think, show remorse for speeding? I might. Would you? What do you mean? Like, I would, would I be convicted about it if someone brought... Anytime someone charges me with a sin, I'm convicted of it. I, even if it's not true, at least I'm going to take pause to listen to what they have to say. I think that what maybe is what Paul's getting about, because in the whole context there, he's talking about... Are you unrepentant right now about your speeding? I don't, I don't speed. You don't ever speed? Not really, no. Floating stop signs? No, I definitely don't no? do that. So you anymore. obey all traffic laws? Because um, I, I, I don't really Look, speed either. I signal when I leave my driveway. So yeah, I obey all traffic laws. I'm pretty anal about that, but... What I'm getting at, I think what Paul's talking about in that passage anyway. You ever text while driving? Only at stoplights. I'm trying to get you for something here. Okay. Traffic violation. What I'm getting at, though, overall, what Paul's talking about is, I mean, he's obviously talking about what it, you know, if people are at least showing some sort of. I think that's what we're talking about some, here. Root. If they're showing some sort of indication that they're believers, and I think uh, at least a repentant heart or some sort of remorse or even the willingness to consider what someone is calling you out on, to at least consider it, even if it's not legitimate, you'd want to take pause because... If well, sure, believer, I know that. No, I know no, that, no, but no, this no, is listen. not going to bring about no, the, if, the solution here. If you're, I think it, well, I think it, to understand what that passage is about, if you're a believer... That is a sign of being a true believer. I believe that is if you show some sort of concern, something that. But is it is it about whether determining door. somebody's a believer Second or not? The, I think it is. I think it's about sanctification. I well, that's part of it. I mean, my goodness, if you're not a believer, then how can you even be sanctified? Well, but I think it's about the, the, the community come under your aid to help you to help become you more like Christ. Exactly, and if not and to determine if, whether you're a believer. And if well, no, no, because that's the point. It's like. 
they are coming to you and if you're showing some sort of um you know like you're you're receptive to what they're saying that's a good indication that you're a believer if you are like completely hostile and you are whatever i mean you manifest all these other issues like you're prideful about it and you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to hear it um do you see what i'm saying that's that's a good indication that maybe you don't have the spirit that 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 paul's talking about you know in that passage it's maybe a very good indication that they're not a believer so you treat them as such i didn't hear anything you said okay there's a did. ghost right there okay well that's it so it's one or the other okay i think that's what paul's talking somebody about. calls you in and says you should you they call you in. maybe you disagree the elders call you in and say carrie I should put this right here now we do not think you should be watching tv i'd say that's absurd okay so then that's one of you say i go to the next church i would say if you determine what you so you're the determining factor of whether it's wrong or not church? no what if, they, what if they excommunicated you until you said you wouldn't watch any more tv i would say why i'd say yeah. talk to me about this do you it's think a waste of time is it impacting my it's life? It's a waste of time. You could better read. Why don't you read your Bible? And we want you to start reading your Bible. Well, instead. I would say, what what biblical principle am I violating by watching television? Wasting time. Who? How are you determining that? What do? You, what? What if I'm if I'm sitting binge watching True Blood? Maybe there's a problem there. Yeah. But if I'm watching television and it's informative and I'm learning truth about God's, you know, the reality around me, I would say no. That's not wasting my time. That's purely subjective. But we still say it is because we believe that watching TV is wasting time. Okay, we'll make a biblical argument for it. it, it we, we already have. It's it's done. We've done enough. And now we are excommunicating you unless you unless you quit watching TV. And I'll say, okay. Well, You'll quit watching? No, I'd leave. Okay, so be then you would leave. So, But you are the determining factor. So you, as long as you can argue your case... No. And say it's okay, such as uh, let's go anywhere from somebody being a homosexual, real far out there, right, to abusing my wife, uh, real far out there. Both are, yeah. The where I'm saying Agreed. I am in control of my wife. She is supposed to do what I say. Okay, that's I tell her she has to stay home, and she can't. She can't go to the beauty salon because that is. That is okay. vain. And that's and on this, the same level as watching television. No, no, no. I'm saying I said this is extreme. Okay. Well, those aren't extreme. Those are like basic sins that abusive spouses, male or female. It's still bad. I'm saying extreme in the yeah. sense that that I can argue, no, the Bible says that I can do this with my wife. You see, in every single one of the sins, I can argue and say, nah, it's not a sin. Here's my biblical case. Oh, you gave your biblical case. Well, I'm going to go with my biblical case instead really? of yours. So, like, the Lord told me I could commit adultery. That kind of argument? Uh, maybe, you say, maybe you say it something like this. He's already committed adultery because he looked at pornography. So, therefore, we are divorced in the Lord's eyes. And they say, no, that's not what that means. You say, well, it's what it means to me. Well, then they would need to leave. Because, number one, they got bigger problems. Okay. Not only are they not submitting to the authority. But what I'm saying is that at, 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 at any point, you can argue your case. You can argue your case. And ultimately, the church has to decide, right? And you'd hope it's a reasonable church. I'm going to the extremes where these are legalistic, crazy churches out there, right? Okay. But, but what I'm saying is that in any case, in any case, you would be able to at least say, I can make my case, and I can make my, I made my case better than they did. 
Well, then you leave. Okay. So what we're saying is ultimately we are the determining factor on whether or not what they say well, is a sinful these thing. These people right here, the people Paul are talking about, they're the determining factor. Either they stop with their nonsense yeah. or they leave. But what if they make a double case? That's okay. Well, Paul doesn't really mention that. He's like, really, there's not a bit. I mean, how could someone tell me? So what I'm saying is that ultimately the authority here is either with the church, something, the elder board, the, the group of pastors who come, right. or the authority is with you. Well, no, as far as you being in that church, that's fully on the elder board. That's not with you. No, because you can submit and say, I'm going to stay with this church, or you can say, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. Well, they're either going to kick me out or I'm going But see, that's, that's the last problem is, is ultimately you, you, we become the determining factor on these things, on all of it, on e everything. I mean, it's, it's whether or not we agree that this well, is actually something that, that's what's that is a here sin. In this passage with Paul, these people are claiming Christ, but they're I know out, that, but, but they, they're they come out there and they us. say, hey, they so say I Michael, mean, you are neglecting your mother. You're not taking care of the widow in your life. You're not visiting her enough. Okay. You're not paying enough money for her in her nursing home. Okay. Something such as that. Okay. I disagree. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and just about everything, you've got this, this ability well, to disagree. Day, that's what it comes down to, Michael. At the end of the day, though, uh, I mean, well, it's easy. It's easy. Whenever you come to someone and you confront them of their sin, they say, yes, it's a sin and I'll quit. That, that's almost like, it's almost like too easy. You've got to kick them out. They've got to think about it for a little while, and then they're either going to come to agreement by, since they've been kicked out and come back, which almost nobody does because we're all individualistic, and we all say, I'm the determining factor, right? right? And so here's the ultimate problem is that it is completely ineffective. What, church discipline? Yeah, in that sense. No, it isn't, because church discipline isn't only for the person that's being disciplined. It also helps the congregation. You won't have anybody left in your congregation. No. I, how do you know? I'm saying, Are you, you saying you, everybody is going if to If you're going to consistent, be consistent. Everybody's going to be un unrepentant. Everybody's going to be unresponsive and unreceptive to the discipline that they're receiving. I'm saying the mass majority will. Really? Yeah. Because if you're going to actually discipline them for the sins in their life, either you're going to have a completely pure congregation, or you're still you going to have a have congregation. A pure of sin. Congregation. I mean, these are people that are again, Michael. This okay, is so we're being repentant of your sin. Then does not mean you actually change. It simply means you agree that it's wrong. No, it doesn't. Okay, then if it does mean that you actually change, then everybody in the church with unrepentant sin, which is everybody, right? Because they haven't changed. If they're still sinners, they haven't changed. They haven't well, repented Lord, of that sin. Still, if they are. If there's no progress, Michael, I mean, this ultimately looks like it comes down to lordship, salvation versus this sort of open grace. That's not necessarily kind of because because here I really think it is because I do happen to believe that if someone's a believer and I, I talked with your nephew about this the other day, impromptu conversation that lasted an hour. But I talked with him and I said that even Christians are capable of the most heinous sins. We are. And it doesn't mean that we're not believers. It just doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that as Christians, we're going to be pure and perfect and live in a glorified state. 
I mean, that's just. But, but the thing is, what you said is that church discipline comes down to unrepentant sin. I think, no, I think church discipline would come down to people that are, well, I would say that if people are unrepentant, there's a few things there that I said. If they're unwilling to listen, if they. Okay, so they can be willing to listen. That's part of it. Okay. No, that's part of okay. it. If there is a willingness on their part okay. to, to be, um, you know, to have to be exhorted. Okay. And they're willing to, to at least hear it. Okay. And if there's a level of remorse, all of these things are good indicators that you're dealing with a believer. Okay, but what if they don't change? But if they don't change, then that's like the third tier. It's like, okay, if they are willing to listen, if they show remorse, but they're not changing, then they, according to Scripture, they have to be put out. Okay, then what I'm saying is that I don't if know. you have this, and you have sinners in the church, and you say what? everybody that is unrepentant of their sins is is able to be kicked out, then you're saying you're either going to have a perfectly pure church, or you're going to have... No, you're not. That's ridiculous. Paul so you're gonna, you, so you that. can have people in the church you that You can have people that struggle with things. Michael, well, No, 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 I'm saying unrepentant, difference. not Michael, struggling. Michael. Do you honestly think Paul is talking about people that are, uh, this one group of people are perfect and then, then this other people? Absolutely are... not. And that's my problem. Right. Well, then obviously. Uh, then the unrepentance be can't some. be the issue. There has to I be I think some. it has to be a level of sin. I can't, I, it can't be unrepentance. It can't be, if you're defining unrepentance as being changed. I would I'm say, no, I didn't say, context. I said unrepentance. But it's like unrepentance starts with not being willing to hear people out, not showing remorse, and then just rebelliously continuing. No, I'm saying I'm side. saying about change. That's all I care about right now. Does yeah. repentance have to have change? It has to have some form of change, obviously. Otherwise, some form. What we'll define that? Because that's uh, way too subjective. Like a progression away away from it. So. In this, what you does are, Paul say? Let's ask that. What is Paul saying? Is Paul saying that that if these people are engaged in this behavior, I think Paul is dealing with Paul, a more severe sins. I don't think he's dealing okay. with. Well then, because okay, I then think why you're, ask it, silly questions about because, speeding? Because you're the one who talked about it's all unrepentant sin. Yeah. If it's unrepentant sin, then it is any kind of un. Any kind of sin in your life that you just rebelliously continue to commit, Michael, there has to be a problem. If there, if we can't have the testicular fortitude to call people out and say, "Listen, stop doing this. It's not beneficial to you. It's not beneficial to the body of Christ," then you know we can. I'm not saying right, that, but know, I'm just saying which is deserving of moving it through the process of church discipline. We can say that to friends. I mean, I say that to people all the time where it's, hey, this isn't benefiting you. Why do you do this? Well, yeah, do you I mean, Paul time? does seem to be talking about severe sins. That's fine. Okay. But the point okay. is, the point is... That it's unrepentant severe sins, but we're still with the problem. Which severe sins? Well, I think that what Paul's saying there is a good example of severe sins. It's a good example, yeah. I mean, do we just stick with that list and we're good? No. I think you would look all through the total witness of Scripture to come to the conclusion. Man, see, that's where it gets hard. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, what do you have? I would say the worst sin is unforgiveness or pride, one of those two. I say pride is, of course, because well, pride is the root of all sin. Let's say let's say uh, unforgiveness and pride. How do you qualify that? What do you How mean? Do you Who says it? unforgiveness? Where does that come from? Um, comes Why from is the Lord's worse? Prayer. Comes Why from... is that worse than adultery? Because I think because Jesus talked more about it than he did homosexuality. We're no, no, because, that because of the parable of the wicked uh, tenant. 
The parable of the wicked tenant is the only one that I see where God seems to, at least in the in the parable, he does. I mean, it's the king who the guy comes and says, hey, forgive me of, uh, I owe a hundred talents, forgive me, and he forgives him. And then the other guy comes up to him and sa he says, hey, you owe me 50 cents. And he says, pay me my 50 cents, and he throws him in jail. And then, then the king calls him back and says, you wicked servant, how could you, after I'd forgiven you so much, not forgive this guy who barely owed anything, and now you have to pay back everything that you owed. And so it's this idea that unforgiveness is the is the ultimate step of following the Lord in the in the first fruits of what we've gotten. But in either way, whether unforgiveness is is uh, the worst sin or not, that's not my, that's not the issue. I'm just saying it is severe enough, at least in my book, and I can make an argument that that is worthy of church discipline if you have unforgiveness. I would say that, well, if you're saying it's a severe sin, then, yeah. But here's what I'm saying. Let me add this. Should, okay? should you be, is this like a personal thing? I think it has maybe? to be unrepentant. Are you saying it comes down to a personal thing? Like it's, again, it's subjective? Like no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. Like what I would say. I'm stirring your pot right now. I mean, I, I don't have answers for it all, but I'd say unrepentance. I would say severe. And I would also add upon that now back to the beginning where it has some type of public disgrace and i don't think unforgiveness qualifies people that are unforgiving yeah some type of public well, if it's one of disgrace the worst sins in scripture if, if according to you it's one of the worst sins in scripture how could that it's not, not a public thing why would it not it's be? not a public thing maybe you have unforgiveness maybe you have unforgiveness in your heart towards towards your dad who you, you're estranged from and nobody ever knows about it okay I so, so it's not a public thing. I think you have to have those three qualifications in order to get close. But I still don't but think they're there. But now you're on unforgiveness. You have to be willing to forgive people, and that's that's a whole other thing, anyway. No, I know that, but I'm just saying you for church discipline. Someone who has an I, I, I agree that that's terrible, terrible sin, right? But what I'm saying is that it in my book right now it doesn't qualify for church discipline because it doesn't have contempt, doesn't draw, draw public contempt public disgrace it is not one of the above reproach type things right all right well, so i don't know if we're trying to sanctify everybody with church discipline church discipline is a specific thing that has to do with public contempt i think well okay that's fair but the thing is it's not merely for the individual that's being disciplined it is also for yeah, the yeah, sanctification sure, sure, of everyone sure. else involved because if it's a talking I person i agree if everybody knows about it which, well, which that's it seems right. to be Why in these things. Why do you think Paul is saying don't even eat with them? Why do you think Paul is saying that? If everybody knows about it, and it is it is something that is just, we're, we're letting it go. Everybody knows about it. That's one thing. Now, I don't know. I mean, well, no, my there's still is, so many problems, but I'm willing, at least at this point, to go with those three. Why do you think Paul's saying don't eat with them? Because he doesn't, because he does not want the person in any sense to be part of the fellowship anymore he right. wants the person to be uh, to be chastised by satan right and 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 so, <laughs> so that in what paul says that he might be saved that's right in in, in that sense does for that the mean, devouring does of his flesh although i don't know if it's being it's, saved because he says turn such a one over to satan for the devouring of their flesh so does that mean paul's saying that they're not even believers is he su suspect of their profession? I don't, 
I don't know. I, could you make an argument for that? Probably. Okay. I don't know, though. I mean, the devouring of their flesh, however that is. Let's see. I, I don't know. I really don't think that it's as convoluted as you're making it out to be, Michael. I really don't. Well, okay, tell me. I mean, if it's not as convoluted, why aren't churches practicing? Going all the way back to your first statement, you have never been a part of a church that practices this. Why not? You've been a part of good churches. I've never seen it played out like a public thing. You know what? I take that back. I never, I wasn't there for it, but I do recall at the church I grew up in, there was a man that was accused of assaulting different women at church, at the church. Yeah. And one, he actually was accused of raping. This yeah. was a church that we had merged with and yeah. at that location. And they, being Baptist, we, you know, had a, they had a congregational thing to where they voted on it as a congregation. And he was cast out. Mm. Yeah, I was part of one as well, where it was so a similar circumstance. Back on that, but I, I, I wasn't there to see it. Most of these do come. I bet you if you go and you look and you show, if, if there was some way to go draw statistics uh -huh. and say, okay, what all, what all sins have been taken this far to where somebody has been excommunicated, I guarantee 90% of them are sexual in nature. That could very well be. It could be theft. It could be. It could be, but what I'm saying is, I bet 90% of them is, uh, is, and I have no way well, to back the this one, up. Well, that's the one. Those are the most primal sins that we act on, anyway. But are they the most? Are they the, not only the most primal? Are they the ones that draw the most contempt? I don't know that they draw the most contempt, as they're probably more common than anything. People are more likely to fornicate than they are to steal. True. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Because. Because of consequentialism, but they could get in people are less stealing. likely. But fornication, you know, they're not going to get thrown in the pokey for anymore. They used so to. So maybe you draw out a list. We draw. Out a, I mean, but the thing is, well, it, he does say swindler, and if, if it's a swindler, I, I'd like to see what it says in other. What, what's that passage you that's looked at? Man, the swindler. I think. Yeah, if a that con if, man. if that's the right way to put it, I don't know. Which which uh, passage is that again? First um, Corinthians five is the whole passage. I was reading. Swindler is English standard. First. Uh, Swindler is Christian standard. Five what? Five what? Five eleven. Five eleven. First Corinthians five eleven. Slanderer, thief. Is a thief one of them says? The any uh, the the NET is swindler, the, so you got to stay with that. The Net Bible is that was swindler. mechanically dictated from heaven. Okay, let's see here. Um, who claims to be a brother or sister, sexually immoral, greedy, greedy? How do you do greedy? Isn't that interesting? Paul says who claims. In saying they claim it, that even means Paul is. How do you? What what is greedy? What's another I think word for Paul's greedy? Questioning their salvation. What's another word for greedy? Uh, covetous. Covetous. Somebody who breaks the 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 tenth commandment. So, don't associate with somebody who breaks the tenth commandment. Okay. Is, how about how about covetous, greedy? Um, let's see I here. Think these things selfish manifest because Michael, all of us, all of us, in one way or another, demonstrate these. That's what I know. I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, life. I wish this list was different. I wish you would take out the greedy. Obviously, Michael, it's just like 
verbally abusive. Michael, tie in your theology about who commits a, are there some sins greater greater than another. Yeah, well, sure. Looking at a woman with or looking at a person with lust in your eye, you've already committed a, adultery in your heart, right? Slanderer versus doing. The I mean, that would be a gossip. Yes. Robber. A thief. Drunk. Gossip. Greedy. Selfish. God, I mean... Like, Paul talks about these a lot. I know that, but what I'm saying is, don't associate with somebody who's so-called a, a, a believer, yet he is selfish. He's constantly doing yet this he stuff, is, Michael. He is, he is, uh, he or she Michael, is... do you think at any point in a believer's life they're going to exhibit... A change from no, that but behavior? what I'm saying is that I, I can list. Okay, uh, I, I mean, this thing, this, this one list, this one verse. I, I think the crux of this is lordship. I really do. I think, I believe. You can be a lordship and hang on to this. I think. Uh, well, lordship has nothing to do with this. I think this, it though. does. It talks about because there's evidence of a, of a life well lived as a believer. Like if there's no remorse in, in what you're doing, there's no desire to change there's no but he doesn't say willing. that he doesn't say that here well, i think it's implied he just says who I is think that that's implicit i think it's implicit that well because, I, you, you can say it's implied is, you can no, imply you're I mean reading between lines is, too much maybe. i am not because it's just like anything else because it's just like when he rattles off the whole list of um you know do not be being drunk do not be being gay all of that stuff where paul you know what i'm talking about when you yeah. talk about drunkenness i think if they're living an unrepentant lifestyle, they're to be treated. These are, this is an unrepentant lifestyle. This is just a sins that, that these, I mean, wait, he's saying, who how do you, are, how, how do you do Michael, these things? Michael, he's saying, who are these things? I know, but I know a lot he's, of people that are greedy that are in the church. He is different. He's differentiating between Josh, I'm greedy half the time. sinners. I'm greedy. There's nowhere in the new Testament where believers are called sinners. You know? I know that, but I, I know that, but he says, this is the so-called people. This doesn't have, this is this, people who claim this is completely different than the vice here. list. This, there's a lot here. He's saying they're claiming to be Christ, but they are. Well, then this is rhetorical. This is rhetorical are. to where he's basically saying some irony that you're not going to be able to eat with yourself. No, he's not saying that. Before. I know that. I know he's not saying because that. Because he's saying. But what I'm saying, if you go in your direction, that's what you have to go. No, I'm, if I go in the direction, what if I could finish my thought, then you know the direction. I'm you can't going. finish your thought because yes, my thoughts are better. You see, that doesn't have the list on here. That, me, that's up that pride is the verdict's out on that. No, Michael, seriously, though. Um, the, he's he's differentiating. He's like he's first. He's saying those who claim Christ, but who are slanderers, adulterers, fornicators, drunkards. They they claim Christ, but they are. Uh, no, I don't think that, I don't think you can put this as find your. They find their their identity is with this, because okay. because at that point he would be saying they are not believers, right? Well, he's and then he would then. That what he said beforehand would it mean nothing. That they're not believers and should be treated as such. I don't think so because I think he, he's he's basically. I mean, he's already covered that one where he says that I'm not saying that you should not associate with those who are in the outside world. Otherwise, you would have to right, go outside right, the right. world to but do it. The, but those who claim Christ. So if you're so, claiming Christ, so as long as you're a Christian and doing these things, it's okay. You can still no, associate with them. Yeah, that's what Paul's saying. That's exactly what Paul. Well, I, I don't know and what that's you're how saying. I'm interpreting Paul. You've got it, Michael. Well done. You're being abusive. Of course I am. I'm being sarcastic. I know, but sarcastic is probably on there somewhere. No. Um, I don't know what it would be. You're coarse jesting. 
No, I'm not. And you're a course. Michael, you have heard me course jest. <laughs> That's not course jest. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, Michael. I don't know. You can't you can't leave here and say it's not a problem still. I don't I I can. I don't think I think you're making it much more convoluted. It, it, it can't be it, because if I would be, then you would say there are churches out there, good churches out there that are practicing this and practicing it well. I, I don't know. If, I would think that, yeah, I would think that if people, if 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 someone is co committing adultery and they're, you know, and living that way. Let's just, just say like, they're gossiping. If they're gossiping? Yeah, because we got that down here. Or if they're slandering people. Yeah, that's what gossip that, does. That's Well, gossip is one thing. Slander is another. I think slander is implied in gossip. Otherwise, I think gossip. one can gossip without saying a falsehood about someone so you're, you're saying gossip's okay i am not saying you so you're saying okay. gossip is not worthy I'm of church discipline scripture makes a distinction between the two okay so should but we. but is is gossip worthy of church discipline unrepentant I, I think it should yeah okay then we can stick with it i think i think anything that i'm that saying instead of go, saying adultery say gossip okay or slander let's say slander well, I like gossip better. Well, let's say slander because that's the text that we're talking about. I like about. gossip better because I gossip. Okay. Well, let's say slander because that's what the text is. I don't think about. I slander so much, but I want to say. Well, that's good then. You won't have to be disciplined for it. Well, you just said gossip is worthy of it. I, well, okay, let's say gossip. Okay. If someone is constantly gossiping about people. So now we have constant. How constant? Like that, that they do it all the time and they have like, no remorse. How much all the time? And they. I don't know. Like once a day? Well, let's say they do it as much as the other guy is fornicating. I mean, he, outside he, of marriage. How about that? Okay, good, good. How about that? Yeah, they're, they're gossiping, and it's, I mean, gossip always has some It's a chronic thing. thing. It's a chronic thing. Yeah, they're hurting Just somebody like else. fornication, out, or they're having yeah. sex outside of marriage. It's a chronic right. thing. But this gossiper understands they're a gossiper, right? Okay. And they, they, they don't like it, but they just can't help it. You know, it's just part of who they are. No, it isn't part of who they are. That's the material point. Paul is saying that's why they're doing it. They that's are. why they're doing it. It's well, part of who they, they need are. to stop, according to Paul. Okay. Uh, so, so what I'm saying, though, but what I'm saying, though, what text. I'm saying, though, is what you're saying is that everybody that gossips right now should the church should be disciplining them. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever been in a church that did that? Not really. Okay. That's why I'm saying it's hard. Okay, the, what it's we're hard. asking, should the church do it? There's the question. Should the church be doing it? No, no, that's not what I'm asking. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm saying, asking. I'm just should saying, be doing it? well, it should be doing it the right well, way there. if we could ever Done. figure it out. We just figured should it be out. doing church discipline in the right way if we could ever figure I it out. I thought we just figured it out. If they're constantly I gossiping. I get it. That was just an illustration look, to get you to see if you would if, say that they needed to be okay. disciplined. And if you ever were involved in a church like that, you said no. Therefore, and then, I was trying to show that what, it's difficult because well, most then, churches never do it. Well, then just because they never do it, the question is, should they do it? No, no, I'm not. I'm not no, that's the question. No, the question should is, is this it? a hard issue? Should a church discipline gossipers? Yes or no? I don't know. Why? Because I don't think it's, I don't think it's the, it qualifies. I don't think it's. Well, so wait, you brought it up as though it was this egregious sin. I did, but I just wanted to, to push you. Well, okay, push yourself. What direction are you going to go with that? I said no. Okay, why? 
because it's it doesn't follow into these these principles. It doesn't follow in the principle that it is it brings of course it brings to shame. the church. Of course it brings shame, especially what if they're gossiping. Well, so does unforgiveness and all that in in a qualified sense. I'm saying I'm saying it is a reproachful thing. Yes, it's a reproachful thing. That's discipline. Okay, so somebody somebody is over there and they're doing the prayer request, and they say. Um, can you pray with uh, for John? He's having struggles with his marriage. You stand up. You say that's reproachful. That's gossiping. Therefore, because no, he doesn't, he doesn't know you're saying this. Oh, if he doesn't know. Yeah. So um, you, it, it's reproachful. It's gossiping. And, and now let's go through some church discipline process. What you well that right there is the onset of church discipline. You need not say those things if John's not privy to it. Otherwise, it's gossip. Gossip is sinful because what you're doing. I'm is, not. I'm not a disagreeing. That's sinful. I know the, that. Well, and church and a church says. I don't think do everything it. in the. I don't think every sin is worthy of church discipline. Well, then why we're going up, around circles? So here. is gossip worthy of? Church we we discipline? already agreed that these. Well, things, Michael. Then I was trying to bring up slander in yeah, here, yeah. and you said you didn't want to talk about that. You wanted to talk about gossip. Yeah. And I. And now you're saying gossip isn't worthy of church discipline. Mm. Well, then why do you want to talk about it? Because it's common. Okay. Everybody would agree it's very well, common. Well, should it be common? Oh. It, okay, so it's a sin. Yes. It's destructive. Yes. Why on earth would a church not need to discipline someone that's guilty of doing that? The question isn't whether or not church... Church, church discipline, what? taking it through the process. I think the I question, think definitely a pastor needs to bring it up. Definitely a friend needs to bring okay. it up. Somebody else. But I don't think if they are unrepentant about it, you should... Stop eating with that person. Okay. All right. Then I guess you don't think that. Now, the ultimate question here, here's the first question. Is the church... Okay, so do you think do you think oh, we whoa, should whoa, stop... Whoa, whoa. Uh, no, 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 wait. wait let's back this up. I'm not done with the last one. You think we should stop eating with gossipers? Yeah. Do you, I, do you eat do. with any gossipers? No, not not to my no. knowledge. If they're sitting gossiping, so it, 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 if, you, see, here's the difference, though, Michael. In so if somebody starts to gossip people, with you, you if get somebody up and leave. starts to gossip with me, I will say you need to stop doing that. That person isn't here. Don't talk about them while they're not here. And you know what? They shut up, <clears throat> and then I can carry on. Okay, so that's what you do, though. Pretty much. Anytime anybody, if somebody is in a Sunday school class and they share that, Michael. You say, do you, do you have permission? Michael. Yeah. Who are you asking? You know I would do that. I don't know. Yes. Michael, you've been in so, so situations. So if, if you're in a, in a prayer request I would, and I say, I say, hey, listen, so-and-so struggling, and this is a common friend maybe, so-and-so struggling with pornography, you would call me out on that immediately. Say, does he know you told me that? Yeah. I would say, is he aware of this? Is she aware that, that you're telling us about this? Did she ask you to pray for her or ask you to ask us to pray for her? Are you saying what should be done or what you actually do? Okay, that's the whole question. No, I'm saying that's typically what I do. If I'm in a situation like that and they're talking about someone else's sin, I'd be like, are, are you aware? And then you would say to the... if Michael, I even call myself out on it. Like, I'm like, if I feel like I'm in gossiping. Look, all of this is tangential because the question is, does the church exercise discipline properly? No. Can they do a better job of it? Yes. In what ways can they do a better job of it? Calling people out on gossip, calling people out on fornication, calling people out on drunkenness, 
call maybe church out. discipline is only this one thing because because it's like and it's, it's like hey, here's what we're doing is we're acting as if church discipline is is synonymous with helping people overcome sin is it well, i don't think it is it's part of it michael of course it's helping it's helping people to overcome sin it's part of the sanctification process that's what you said earlier are you now thinking no that's not it no 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 i am i'm, right. I'm just saying so i'm saying that if we separate those two it's it's not part of the sanctification process so you don't in this think sense. it's part of the sanctification process not in this sense i'm saying we're, we're we're equating the two whereas church discipline is an extreme extreme form used only in certain circumstances but it's not used for every sin. It's not used for speeding. Oh my God. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to figure it out because well, maybe, you've got some. You know what? I tell you what. Maybe in some churches. Maybe you've do. got a list in your mind. But this is this is the most common I think, question. Michael, I think that our list should be under the authority of Scripture. Sure, but scripture it doesn't says, give us a list. What? It doesn't give us I think list. it's. I mean, I think Paul gives us a good working knowledge. I, uh, I <laughs> but working I think, knowledge is not a list. No. Well, I think it's a good place to start, and then you look at all I these do, other I places. I do too. I think it's a great place to start. I think it's the only places. place to start. I think you look at all these other places. You pull in gossip. You pull in unforgiveness. But everything becomes subjective. Things. Everybody will disagree whether or not speeding should be on it. Whether or not gossiping should be on it. Whether or not, you know, uh, watching too much TV should be but on it. If Okay, watching too much TV, that's one thing. Okay, watching okay, okay. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying everybody will disagree about multitude of sins. Okay. And that's the reason why it doesn't get practiced very much on there. Really? Yeah. So you mean. You do say, have it in the Anglican Church where there is a list of sins. Okay. You do have it in the Catholic Church where there is a list of sins. Okay. Now, I looked at that list and I looked at it the other day and I was like, the, the Anglican list, I was like, eee. you know, I, I didn't agree with it all. And I, I was like, Why'd they leave this out and this out and this out and this out? Where who came up with this list? This is not a biblical list. The They've just church. done the best they can, and I admire them for that. And maybe that's all we can do is say we're doing the best we can. Here's our list. We have to stick with it. Well, what's wrong with that? It's probably the best we can do. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> Anybody else? Nobody else. Nobody's even here anymore. Did they leave? After an hour and 12 minutes. I don't even know if we're, we're live. 12? Uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's tons of comments. It just hasn't been scrolling through. Dang. Sorry, guys. My deal hasn't been scrolling up. Carrie is dumb. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Michael is making his case a lot better than Carrie. Michael is, the, is better than Carrie. Michael rules. Gary's <laughs> yeah. looking at it like that's actually on there. No, I'm not. I'm seeing. What about unbelief is the worst thing? Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, I heard Carrie Hunter, you seem to be the calm voice of reason in this entire stream. Good job. And, uh, and Michael Patton, you seem to be the uh, best looking one because you're the only one. Oh, never in mind. The that's camera. a different thing. That's a different... <laughs> I was actually reading a different thing that I was. <laughs> That's funny. I was reading an actual comment thread I was on. Did you hear me? What? Michael Patton, you're the best looking one on camera. Since you're not on camera. Get it? Get it? Oh. Okay, we've solved it. We need to make a list and do the best we can.
<laughs> Thanks for coming to Facebook Live. We're going to end this video session.